So there's been all of these things that have been kind of swirling and ebbing and flowing over the last year. And it's like, some of it is really exciting and some of it is presenting opportunities that I'm really anxious in a good way for. Um, but there's also that unknown that comes with that. And it's terrifying. It's like, okay, this is where I've built my life. Do I have to change this? Does, is, does something else going to change? Like, and so just trying to control the things that I can control can control and then letting everything else just kind of flow, breathe it out and just like, let it go. It's like, that has been one of the biggest challenges of the last year. Um, but it's also, again, it's that like darkness that I feel like I've been kind of growing out of. And I, this year has probably been, I would say probably the most transformative year that I've had since I started running. And, um, and it hasn't necessarily come with the best performances and it's actually come with probably some of my worst, but I can still see glimmers in there and I know that there's still something that's that's growing back and that's coming that's going to come through. That was professional marathoner Matt Yano, and this is the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. What's happening, everyone? Welcome back to episode 143 of the YTP. For almost three years now, we've been sharing stories of people looking, finding, and living their purpose. It is my experience in my own life and through hearing the stories of our guests that this purposeful path can get dicey and scary and messy. But I am certain that those unsteady times are perfectly expressed so that we may up-level ourselves to meet our dreams. And today's guest is no exception to the rules of powerful, purposeful living. Matt Yano is a super fast marathoner posted up in Flagstaff, Arizona, under the guidance of Ryan Hall, who, if you've been living under a rock, is the fastest half and full marathoner in U.S. history. It won't take long for you to become a Matt Yano fan. I just love this guy. And I feel like when we walked away from this interview that we had a new best friend in our lives because we just go so deep. And Matt is so open and vulnerable with the information that he shares today. And vulnerability is something that he really wants to encourage other athletes to explore and embrace so that we don't have to be so paranoid and closed up about the things we're moving through in our life. He has absolutely lived the repercussions of not living a vulnerable, open life. And he did that up until his 21st birthday when he gave himself the greatest gift by coming out to his aunt. This initial conversation allowed Matt to allow himself to live his truth one person at a time. And in the process has become a role model for so many who are struggling with their place here on earth. Matt is the world's first openly gay professional runner, and I think it's not so coincidental that a month after opening his heart, he ran a smoking fast 101 half marathon. Just so we're clear, that's a 439 pace per mile. He has a marathon PR of 212.28, and he's putting in the work every day physically and mentally to uncover the Matt who has already tackled his dream of breaking the 210 barrier. Most recently, Matt came in second at the California International Marathon with a 213, which qualified him for the Olympic trials next year. He was an All-American in cross-country at the University of Richmond, and I think you will agree after listening to this conversation that his best days are yet to come. I'm certain that not only will we see him at the starting line of the 2020 Olympics, but that all who follow this gem of a guy will be seeing his sub-210 dreams come sooner than later. 
as his coach Ryan has told him, as BJ also tells him in this convo, as I believe, and as Matt also believes, it's already done. It's just execution from this point to give the physical reality time to catch up. Before we jump in, I want to thank Kat for becoming our latest Patreon supporter. If you haven't seen it already, I put up a video, you guys, for a Mexicali casserole that took 11 minutes for me to prep. I threw it in the oven later and it took about 40 minutes to cook, but it's super easy. I did it on a really busy day just to show you that you can take a break. You can throw some love and high vibe food into a casserole dish and create something super delicious that will feed you for multiple days. And on that note, I think this high vibe convo will be feeding all of us and our inspiration for the days to come. So without further ado, I give you one of the fastest dudes on the road right now, an open, powerful guy who is realizing that his existence on this earth does not have to be lived within limits. Matt Yano. This woman that I coach, um, who's coming off of a labral surgery, similar to mine actually, um, and which I think was why she kind of lined up with me to begin with, but she texted me the other day, she, it was like her first run over an hour, and she was so excited. And it was like, I, I kind of took it a little bit for granted when I wrote it for her, but then when I got that text from her and just, she was like, I'm telling you, over the moon, excited about running over an hour. Um, and it was just really good to kind of reset my perspective on it. Cause I have all, I have athletes who've run, you know, two thirty or sub two thirty for the marathon. And it's like, and then others that are just trying to run a 5k and mm-hmm. just like this whole scope of athletes. And, um, sometimes I think it can be easy to get lost in what the people around you have done and like what kind of your norm is. And then you see someone who has just completely different goals, but equally, valid and equally like transformative. Um, and for her, it was just a, it was a really big moment. So it was kind of a cool thing to like, to see that, to see that through her and to like, take it a little bit less for granted to try to take it a little bit less. Like for you granted. just, you just didn't know what you were gifting her in that I moment. I didn't, like, I really like- had no idea. I really didn't. <laughs> and she was just like, this is the best Christmas present and the like new year. And it was just, it was awesome. It was it was really cool. And I don't think you can plan that, right? You yeah. can't plan it. It was just, it's just in its simplest essence, you know, you just doing your job and letting things unfold and okay, mm-hmm. this is the next logical step for her. And yeah. then for her, it's like a life transformative right. workout. Yeah. For her, it was this big like benchmark of something that she had been trying to achieve for however long. And then in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is just logical. We've been building, we've been building up, trying to run longer, trying to sustain fitness, you know, aer- build aerobic fitness and mm-hmm. build all these things. And then I just didn't realize what a barrier that was for her until she broke through it. And then I don't think, I don't know if she realized it either. I don't know if she saw it beforehand and was like, an hour. I don't know. Like <laughs> we didn't talk specifically about that. I should ask her that actually. But um, yeah. Anyway, I don't. You kind of referenced this, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what I took away from it was like, it's so much more than the numbers, right? Yeah. It's it's like, okay, well, it's logically, this is her build, and mm-hmm. so it, logically, this is where she needs to go. But it is so much more than the numbers and the paces and the workouts. Like, it's the experience that you're having. Yeah. It really is that journey that we all talk right. about. And when I hear people say, like, oh, I'm just doing a five, like, I'm not doing what you're doing. I'm just mm-hmm. doing a 5K. 
I always try and just and it makes my skin crawl. I try and just swoop up underneath them and go, no, like it's never just anything because it's all relative. What I do is very worthy. What you do is very worthy. What BJ does is very worthy in his sport in life. And I, I think we're just on paper, we're separated by paces and numbers. And Mm -hmm. if it's our professional career or not, the worthiness factor is, I think it's, it's across the board. Like we are all worthy of this, whether it is a 5k or your first hundred miler or your first Ironman, whatever it is, like you're worthy of doing it. If it's placed on your heart, I think you have to pursue it. Yeah. You have to pursue it. Does that resonate with you? Like if something's placed on your heart, like if you don't pursue it or, you know, it will just get bigger and bigger until you do. Yeah. That's kind of, I mean, that, that's kind of how I got into running to begin with. It was like, um, I started it in high school to stay in shape for soccer, actually, because I was a soccer player for, gosh, I don't even know, 12 years, 13 years or something, just a long time. And I was on a travel team that was super competitive. And um, the coach was like, okay, you have to do something between the fall and the spring season to stay fit, stay active. And I was like, I guess I'll run. And so I ran indoor track and then I just fell in love with it. And I was a sprinter at the time, so I was not very good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I just fell in love with it. And then I really liked the coach. I liked the team. I liked the atmosphere. And it just kind of took over, like, what I was feeling um, in terms of sports, because I always played a bunch of sports growing up. Swimming, basketball, baseball, like, just a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, running was the one that really kind of captivated me the most. And I shifted all the other stuff away and it just like, I just kind of let it envelop my, I don't know, everything. And then it's now become this big thing where it's like, you know, I went from running in high school to college and now professional. And it's like, I can't imagine. I mean, I'm sure I could have been passionate somewhere else too, but I I can't imagine what else that might've been that would have taken me like where running has taken me, not only physically, but like just, mentally, spiritually, like I'm not really a religious person, but just, I feel like the, the feelings that I get from running out on a trail or, or even on a road or a track are something that like, I've not found anywhere else. Like I haven't found anything else that gives me that same, yeah, Yeah. that same feeling. And it's not only, it's not just joy, but it's like, there's so many other emotions that come with it. And it's just, I don't know. I'm really thankful that I found it when I did and that I had people around me that nurtured it and didn't like push me away from it. And, um, I would say on the contrary, actually drew me more into it. Um, and it was, it's kind of cool. Randomly, I got a text from my high school coach yesterday who I haven't spoken with in we, we text maybe once a year, like it's very rare, but he happened to text me yesterday. Um, and it's funny now that we're having this conversation, but um, he was one of the ones that I really owe a lot of it to because he just drew me in and like he's an Ironman triathlete. He has competed in Kona a bunch of times and um, I love, there was something about his spirit that I loved when I was in high school and like his tenacity and like he was very much um, like very straight edge. He was a teacher at our school and I had him for one of my classes and he was just I always liked how disciplined he was and like I feel like he instilled a lot of that in me very early on and that has I think served me well since 
2002 or whenever I started high school. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. <laughs> discipline is a, it's core, yeah. you know, it's a core piece of all of this. And, you know, when you mentioned like, you know, spiritually, I, um, you know, it's our essence mm-hmm. is, you know, we, we are spirit. Right. And, and I'm not talking about religion because I think religion is very different from mm-hmm. spirituality. Spirituality to me has no walls. It's got no borders. It's got no labels. Mm-hmm. And that's what I consider myself to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I, and if I assign myself to anything, it would be yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that as my lifestyle and all the principles of yoga, because they resonate like running resonated mm-hmm. with you. It resonates to me to live a life of truthfulness and, mm-hmm. And um, non-harming and non-hoarding you know, hoarding and all those things. I'm like, oh, all that stuff makes sense. And it yeah. kind of seems like it leads to a simple, you know, really valuable life. But mm-hmm. it, it requires discipline. And, um, you know, I, when we are out there and we're running, you know, and it's just us, I think that it opens up this pathway to really... I mean, you hear it all the time, right? People say that running is their meditation, Mm -hmm. running is their church, um, whatever it may be. But I think what's underneath that is getting a deeper connection with who we are. Yeah. Because sport will show you who you are. Mm -hmm. It will show you what's brewing under the surface and it will bring out your best and it will bring out your shadow. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say your worst because we need that. I like that distinction. Yeah. We need that light and dark. We need it. We need yeah. the contrast because the contrast is what allows us to grow. Mm-hmm. Without the con- right, like those workouts that you just nail, and you're like, "Oh my god, I could have gone all day." Are we really growing, or is it kind of like the universe throwing us a bone? Right. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> that's an interesting conversation to have because, and you do hear a lot of people talk about like the struggle is when, like, that's when you're really um, getting stronger, and that's when you're like you're talking about. That's when you're finding who you are. That's when you're finding the extra couple minutes in a marathon or in a 10K or, you know, like that's where you're finding it. Um, My, I work with Ryan Hall now as my coach and he has been big on that lately um, in a couple of the hard workouts that I had in this last marathon buildup that I did in the fall. um, There were a few that I was like struggling towards the end because his training is just really challenging and very different from what I was doing before. And um, he would always remind me like this, this is where you're growing. Like when you're, when you want to stop and I won't let you, <laughs> and which is really, I don't really want to stop, but it's like, I, cause I'm never one to like cut a workout short. I'm like, I want to do another one. I want to push again, even if I have to stop, regroup and get back on it. But anyway, um, he's like, this is where, this is where you're finding that sub 210 that I've been aiming for for years. And um, he's like, this is where it's going to happen. This is where it's going to come together. Um, and it's just, I liked, I really like your wording of it as your shadow, not your, not your worst. No, yeah. you know, and, and I think that's like the worst, like it's negative. And I, and I don't think so. I mean, we all have it. We've, I've yeah. seen my shadow self. It's fierce. Yeah. It's fierce. And it's the yeah. words we use too. So if we're saying worst and bad and that stuff starts to build up energy yeah. around us. So mm-hmm. when we can put our little twist on it, like see it as opportunity, mm-hmm. right? It's an opportunity to grow. Ryan Hall has you growing yeah. in all these instances. And when you said you struggle, like you in those moments when you're struggling, in those change of workouts, is it a physical struggle or is it that mental struggle that you haven't done these workouts before and maybe you're falling upon mm, it's an been, old pattern? 
it's been a kind of a combination of a couple of things for me. Um, in this last year, it's, I've had some, uh, not only some physical stuff with, I had surgery a couple of times in 2016. And so coming back from that was, that obviously prevent presents physical challenges, but, um, I also left the training group I was part of. I have a new coach, I have new teammates, and most of the running that I do now is on my own, um, which is not a bad thing. But um, I don't know if this is something you guys wanted to talk or we're going to talk about at some point or not, but I actually just left Hoka. I'm not with Hoka anymore. Um, so that's presented challenges. And so there's been all of these things that have been kind of swirling and ebbing and flowing over the last year. And it's like, some of it is really exciting and some of it is presenting opportunities that I'm really anxious in a good way for. Um, but there's also that unknown that comes with that and it's terrifying. And it's like, okay, this is where I've built my life. Do I have to change this? Does, is, does something else going to change? Like, and so just trying to control the things that I can, can control and then letting everything else, just kind of flow, breathe it out and just like, let it go. It's like, that has been one of the biggest challenges of the last year. Um, but it's also, again, it's that like darkness that I feel like I've been kind of growing out of. And I, this year has probably been, I would say probably the most transformative year that I've had since I started running. And, um, and it hasn't necessarily come with the best performances and, it's actually come with probably some of my worst, but I can still see glimmers in there. And I know that there's still something that's, that's growing back and that's coming, that's going to come through. And, um, yeah, so just kind of navigating all of that has been challenging. And, and, and I think to bring this whole thing kind of full circle, like when we're out and doing a workout on our own on the road or, uh, wherever it might be, like, those are the moments where you kind of expose what's really deep down in here. And and I, for years and years and years in different areas of my life, I just pushed things down and didn't let them come through. Um, and so I tend to have a habit of doing that. Um, and, but this is kind of where I'm, I'm just trying to let it come back up and let it like, let it out. And, uh, and it's, it's a good feeling to kind of be letting go of some of these things that have been weighing me down and um, resetting, like, I don't know, recalibrating my system and, and kind of getting back to the pure joy of why I started doing this. And that's kind of like why I was talking before about when I see my dog smiling when she's running. And it's like, that is such a, I feel like it's so many people will probably be like, oh, that's kind of silly, but it's, for me, when I see her and I'll just, I have a, this leash that I tether to my waist and she just runs next to me so she can run freely. And she just looks up at me and I look down at her and we're both just smiling. And I'm like, this is why I started doing it. Cause mm -hmm. it makes me feel like this. It's connection, um, total connection. Um, and so in all of these challenges of the last year, like that's what I've been focusing on. I've been running with her more than I have since I got her, mm -hmm. um, a couple years ago. And it's been fun to just like reconnect even with myself and try to be, um, more patient with myself and just mm -hmm. more present with myself where I think I lost that for a couple years where you get caught up in, like we were talking about, you get caught up in the numbers and 
the performances and, um, you know, am I improving? Am I getting work? Like the workout, the, this workout, the strength workout, the pool, the, like all these other things. And it gets like, and they're fun. It, you know, it's fun to piece all those puzzle, uh, puzzle pieces together and figure out how to make it all work. But then there's also a stress that comes with that. And just being able to let go of it and just be like, I'm running today just because I can and because I want to. And um, who was, I think I saw recently an, an interview with Shalane Flanagan and she she talked about the distinction or maybe it was, I was listening to her on a podcast or on an app or something, but um, she talked about the distinction between I have to go run and I want, and I get to go run oh and I want to go <laughs> run. And it like, it was such a light bulb, like aha moment for me. And I, I've tried to change Cause I do the same thing. Like, you know, you have friends that want to go to dinner or something and oh, I have to run. And it's like, but I, I really want to, I really want to do it. I want to do it. Um, but just the way that I word it even. And is- isn't it weird because there's almost like this social programming, like your friends are saying, come on, come on to dinner with us. And you say, no, I get to run. Right. And it's kind of awkward and weird. Like you want to go run more than you want to come to dinner. Like there's this weird social programming that we have Mm -hmm. around words. And it's like, the only weird thing about our social programming is that we're totally programmed to live in lack and to say, oh, I'm so surprised that I actually got the time that I wanted. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, that we're... Whereas we can rewire and we can say, I get to get up today. Mm -hmm. I get to go into my fridge that's full of food and I get to choose something to eat and I get to make it Mm -hmm. as opposed to, I have to make dinner now. I have to make breakfast. I have to do this. I have to do that. It's like, I get to do Mm -hmm. it. And it, it, for me, it brings back that, that just bold reminder that when I get to do something, it's because it's a gift. Mm -hmm. I get to do it. And it's so easy to to forget that because so much of it's just the way it's just the normal you know that people talk about it that's how we tend to live our lives it's the it's like, easy way it's it's and we've been on this lazy it's like almost lazy yeah we, we identified this in the car the other day so yeah um what was it oh because the quite one of the questions we had in our, our podcast was how do i deal with the mental you know, anguish of trying to get through a hard work. How do I deal with it? And I, and for me, I struggle with the word deal. Cause I, I mm-hmm. feels like, it feels like you have to do something like right. you have to deal with it. But, but we, we realize that word is sort of lazy. Like let's dive deeper into what you're dealing with. Yeah, like we with. were really fleshing it out in the car the other night when we were driving to Arizona. So we what were can like, we replace so deal what is with? It? Like what is deal? Like what is it? How does it make you feel? <laughs> like what is it? Like this is what we do. There's our conversations. And BJ just goes, deal's lazy. It's lazy. It's like, I got to deal with this now. Mm -hmm. But what if you just stood up Mm -hmm. and you embraced it, Mm -hmm. right? Like high, high level of like spiritual intelligence is like to welcome all things. Mm -hmm. What if we started to reprogram all this social programming where we welcomed all things, where we weren't so quick to be like, that was a bad workout. That was a good workout. That was my worst self. That was my best self. Mm -hmm. And every time we do that, we put ourselves in a box, we just put, when, when we label things, we just put ourselves in this little box. And it seems to me like the universe has like unwrapped your box this mm-hmm. year and you're like, 
you're going through all, like you said, transformative and we cannot transform without having the light in the dark. Oh, like for sure. we, we're going to have both of those. So like yeah. people might look at like, Oh, transformation. Well, transformation can be a real pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, hard. They may look at your workouts <laughs> on paper and be like, wow, this year. Yeah. Like they're not your ideal workouts. Oh, he made a bad decision. Like he's right. moving. But that is, that is the contrast. That's right. what needs to happen before before you can up level. Right. You don't want to get back to the same level. Mm-hmm. Like you want to go You got to uh, like to up level, you got to get you got to get the snow plow and you got to plow all that stuff that's that's been in the way of the sub mm-hmm. 210 and I think that's what this year is getting you oh, ready I've, for. Oh, I am 100% finding it. It's it's and it's been cool to witness it even within myself and I have some moments where I step back and I'm like I I didn't think that I could have done that 3 months ago. Um and then you know, Ryan writes something on the schedule and it's just, that's what, that's what he believes I can do. And then in turn, I have to, you know, readjust my own internal dialogue to believe that I can do it. And then I do it. And I'm like, why did I ever doubt myself? And then it's just create, and it's like this, it's been this really fun, um, kind of ping pong the last couple months where he writes a workout and I'm like, okay. (laughs) And then, and then, it's like, and then I'll go do it and it's faster than what he prescribed and it just, and it comes easily. They don't all come easily, but mm-hmm. some of them do. And, and it's like, oh, that right. was like such a pleasant surprise. And it's, and it's nice to have those moments mixed in when, like I've talked about, when so much of the last year has just been like, I just feel like I'm getting kicked at times mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh man, like I just need a break. And there's, I'm starting to get them and it's, and it's really encouraging. And I think it just feeds on, I feed on that energy and I feed on the positivity of it and the encouragement. And, um, I just feel like I'm getting back to finding again, like why I started doing this. And and when I kind of get back to that, that's when I tend to have these moments where I'm like, okay, a couple weeks ago, I was maybe a little bit down in the dumps, but now I've like, thought about, I don't know, one aspect or another that has gotten me into the sport or that has kept me in the sport um, or moments where I thought about quitting and then reassessed. And I was like, no, I, I want to do this. I get to do this. That conversation we were just having, like I have had injury struggles, but for the most part, I've been like pretty healthy most of my career. And not a lot of people can say that. And not a lot of people can come back from some of the stuff that I've had. And and do um what they love and <laughs> here's my dog with a squeaky oh my toy God, she's amazing um, she's and so she will amazing. squeak it too and yeah so she's I, making some ba- hey yeah. listen we love the dog background <laughs> you want to bring your water in here too yeah. honey <laughs> um but yeah i think that um finding just like we've been talking about like finding those moments of light when we think that we're in total darkness um that's what has gotten me through. And then I choose to focus on, even if they're really brief, I choose to focus on those instead of this overwhelming darkness that I might've been feeling for however long. It's like, well, I found this one thing that gives me hope and I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to, I choose that as, as like my light rather than, um, this, this mass of dark over here. Right. And that's like, I mean, if you look at like universal law, I mean, basically what you're practicing there is law of attraction. What do you want to attract into your life? Because Mm -hmm. what you focus on expands. So if you're focusing on the low vibe, the darkness, 
then you are going to create more situations in your life to feel that way. But if you say, oh, I can see, like, it is the tiniest yeah. little <laughs> speck of light that's actually, it's not even sustained, it's just flashing. Mm-hmm. But if you can catch it when it flashes, like, that's going to make, that's going to make huge gains, not only in developing, like, widening out those neural pathways in your brain, but creating more situations in your life for you to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Because if we're down here, we're blocking out the light. If we're in the dark, we're right? When we walk into a dark room and we flip the switch, there's no more darkness. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in what we choose to believe in and what we, where we choose to put our focus. And it's something that I was listening to an interview with you with Tina Muir, mm-hmm. and you were talking about that. And I was like, oh my God, he totally gets it. Like you're focusing on what feels good. You're focusing on the essence of the love that you have for running. You're focusing on the joy and the connection that you feel when you run with Harlow. Like, and that was what got you into the sport. And the overall thing that I'm feeling from you that you're, that is, is really high level awesome stuff is that you're allowing. So instead of stuffing into the vault, which I, I know you've done and it doesn't, doesn't work that well. It, no, does, it, it like it just doesn't. It gets really. <laughs> you can get crowded. away with it for a little while, oh, but then it gets super it just, crowded yeah. in there. And BJ was a vault stuffer. I think I was a little bit of a vault stuffer, but I was too explosive to keep it yeah. in. So your change from vault to open it up was like a quick flip. Yeah, mine was like there was like a bomb to, going off in the I had vault. To get a wedge in there. Oh yeah, <laughs> it took, took a while. Oh yeah, like crowbar. That's me too. Yeah, yeah. But the allowing <laughs> is so amazing because you're not resisting. When we allow, we don't resist. Mm-hmm. When we're resisting, we're pushing against and. And we're saying like this gift, this moment that I'm living is not good enough. Mm-hmm. This I'm pushing against this. But when we just say, all right, I'm in the muck, like I'm in the shit and I'm just going to be there. And it's, and I think that that's some people, um, I think they get confused with like positive self-talk. Like how do I always be positive? And it's like, no, 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 no. Please don't ever think you always have to be positive mm-hmm. because you, you know, you might need a day of like, I need like a three hour nap and I don't want to talk to anybody yeah. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, maybe in those times of darkness, maybe you can make a list of what you're grateful for, mm-hmm. or you can, um, remember that all your limbs are, are working and, you know, and like your history of injury does not have to be your future. You could look at that as like, oh, that was just strengthening me for what's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and everything that's coming, if you keep this attitude, is everything you've ever dreamed of and more. Because yeah. there's more in store for you that, that we have, like you probably haven't even gotten your head around yeah. yet. But it's really exciting if you just keep allowing and letting it roll in. The physical takes a little time to catch up, but it's starting to catch up and you're seeing it. And you're yeah. seeing it by doing those crazy workouts and being like, oh my God, I completed that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I think, and it's a cool transformation to see too, because it's, um, it hasn't been just like you're talking about, it hasn't been just a physical transformation for me. It's been, and that's where I think if I can find a silver lining from an injury, like the ones that I had in 2016, um, it would be that it forced some major transformation in my mindset, in, um, relationships, in just a lot of different ways other than the physical. And I think for so long, all I thought about was physical. I thought about what can I do? Um, how many hours a night can I sleep in order to, to do well in this workout, in this race, in this performance? Um, what can I put in my body? What can I 
do out on the roads, out on the trails? What are all these external things that I can do? And I never, I never <laughs> took a moment to really consider like what I could do between my ears. Oh, yeah. um, and that was something that even if it wasn't necessarily at first an intentional thing that I was trying to discover, I think that that was something that I just kind of happened upon through the injury um, because I couldn't train the way that I wanted to. And I would find myself kind of down in the dumps. I'd find myself like kind of depressed. And But what it forced me to do was to like, I had to get through that somehow. And it forced me to grow in a way that I'm not sure that I would have had the injury not happened. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's oh, kind of, and it's a 100%. weird thing to think about because well, it's, it's the like, co- it's the contrast. Yeah. It's like you had to be taken down to your knees mm-hmm. in order to yeah. level up. And there were and- probably signs before that. I can, maybe signs we saw, maybe signs you didn't see, mm-hmm. but it's like going to continue to knock until you get it. Yeah. Until you wake up and it'll take you super far down. But if you're not open, like you are like being open to, to what could possibly happen. Like, okay, so I'm in the worst scenario possible. Like I can't train right now. What can I do? Right. You're going to go down that dark hole. If you don't wake up, man, it's going to continue to get like super dark. So when you can begin to see the light, you can begin to see what opportunities are in front of you. All that stuff, you, you realize there's a purpose. There's mm-hmm. a purpose. And sometimes you need to be shaken up. Yeah. Sometimes you need to be kicked around a bit. And, <laughs> and then maybe I'm speaking from experience. Um, but yeah, you, sometimes you need to be forced. Some people need to be forced. Pain, they say, is the true motivator of change. So whether that's physical, emotional, whatever, mm-hmm. that's when we seriously begin to up-level. Yeah. Do you remember um, like a, a specific moment where it was pretty dark and you were... There's, there's one, yeah. Um, so... In the second, so I had three surgeries in 2016. Um, the first one was basically my body was, all of my core muscles were just tearing. And so I had surgery to correct that. And then the second one was a labral tear. And then um, like a kind of a re-exploration of what the first surgery was. And I can remember coming off of the labral tear surgery and it was a long, slow build um, where I was, like walking a minute at a time. Um, eventually I was running a minute at a time. And I can remember one of the first runs that I did right from my house here up into Fort Tuthill, which is maybe a mile from here. Um, and I was about a mile in and I was like, and it was my first, this is important, I guess. It was my first continuous run of like two or three miles. And I remember thinking, I don't know if I have it anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I still have the passion to do it. I don't know if I'm physically capable of doing it. I don't know if I have the mental fortitude to get through like all of this rehab and whatever the next six months is going to bring. I don't know if I have it anymore. And I stopped for a minute on the side of the road and I, I literally just like sat on a log and I was like just contemplating it's just one of those weird moments. Like I was, I was just contemplating my life. Um, and I was like, not, not regretting decisions that I had made, but I was just processing it all in this one moment. And I was like, you know, I've done all these things that have brought me to here. And maybe this is telling me that I'm supposed to go a different way now. And that, 
so I would kind of like let that resonate for a little bit. I finished the run and I don't know, I don't remember exactly when it was, but it was shortly after that. I was like, no, this is like, and it just took that moment of reflection for me to, to think about what I could be giving up. And, and for me, that's, um, I mean, it was relationships, it's goals, it's these ambitions that I've worked for since I was 14, 15 years old, and just all these things that I want to do. And I thought about losing all of that. And I was like, oh, no, I'm gonna, and it was right there. It was like the flip of a switch. And it was like, I'm going to come back from this. I'm going to be better from it. Um, this is not the end of my story. This is like just the next chapter in the book. And it was after that, I started to make some, some tweaks here and there. I started working on mental stuff. If you look at my bookshelf right now, it's like, um, there's a, an interesting read over there on my nightstand too. Um, it's just, I started making all these changes and started realizing a little bit, maybe I did get lazy. Like maybe it was that I was dealing with things just kind of floating along. And I was like, it needs to be more intentional for me. And that's what I'm learning. And that's what I kind of learned through that process of that injury and starting 2017, like did not running for six months and then coming back. And at the end of 2017, I ran a 213 marathon from like nothing. And so it's like, okay, some of those changes might've helped a little bit. Maybe they were like <laughs> starting to work. Yeah. Um, and so, and even now, like even though 2018 wasn't quite the year that I wanted, like I know that there's this light that I'm, that I'm moving towards and I feel, I feel confident that I'm on the right track now. Um, and that some of these things that have happened, I have, have kind of like nudged me in that direction and just kind of let me figure out what am I going to, what am I going to accept in? What am I going to maybe move on from? Um, and, and how am I going to kind of help to guide myself, uh, kind of in unison with like, whatever is being yeah. kind of so offered it, to me. Yeah. And it's this balance of like being tenacious as hell, right. And being very disciplined, but then also softening to receive and allow, mm-hmm. it, right. It's, and that's hard. That's not oh, always, that's, that's not mastery. an easy thing to do. That's mastery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, and that's, I mean, for me, like that's where I want to go in life. Mm-hmm. I want to be a master of like this live in this life. Mm-hmm. I want to be a master at it. And I know that that's going to come with a lot. I got to get a lot of stuff cleared out of the mm-hmm. way. And, uh, and that will just come. It'll just show up. And then it's, what are you going to do in that moment when it shows up? That really determines what that next moment's going to look mm-hmm. like and what the moment after that is going to look like. And taking time to reflect. You know, this, this calendar, part of the calendar year is actually a really nice time if people mm-hmm. feel like they need that permission or that directive to reflect, reflect. You know, how do you feel when you get up and you go to work in the morning? Does it light you up or are you, are you just going through the motions? Because right. I really don't believe that we were put on this earth to go through the motions. Yeah. We are way more than that. Mm-hmm. We are so much more. We are that joy that you talk about. Like we are that connection. And I want to find all the things in this miraculous world that are going to allow me to, you know, just blow those those states of being because I think connection and joy those are states of being. Mm-hmm. I want to just continue to blow those up within myself and, mm-hmm. and reach higher levels of those. But you can't go there without having that you know ha- having to go through the speed bumps and right. you know like walk through the muck and. But you know I I feel like 
one of the things that I'm here to learn is that softening. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, uh, I'm the daughter of a Marine, like very much like I will get the work done and just hard, you know, can, could be a little hard around the edges. And, um, you've, you've been, (laughs) you've been with me now, BJ, for like over 20 years. So he's seen, like he, you know, fell in love with that girl with the hard edges and allowing those to fall away and realizing that when you soften those up, oh my God, you make room Mm -hmm. because you're not resisting. You're making room for all that amazing stuff to come in. Yeah. Because that's not joy. Being Mm -hmm. hard lined and, and pushing back and, you know, it's, it really is, it's, well, it's vulnerability, I think is, is a big part of, um, the softening is the vulnerability. And so I used to roll my eyes and think that that was weakness, Mm -hmm. but now I realize that it's, it's like a superhero power. Yeah. There's, oh, and there's so, that's such a, oh man, I wish that more people would kind of go into this discussion because especially in the world of sports, there is so much hesitation to be vulnerable, um, in any way. And I guess that's a way that I do that a little bit differently. I'm, I'm not really, I should say as afraid as other people to be vulnerable. Um, but it's still there for me too. But, um, I think there's so much, there's this mindset that if you're vulnerable, you are weak and you're, um, exposing these cracks that people can infiltrate and can use to their advantage against you. And it's just this weird, this weird way of thinking that, um, well, it's kind of, it's like it's fear. fear. It's fear yeah. based. Oh. It's fear based. Yeah. Like everybody's out to get you. Right. Right. And it's, I just, that's, that's one of the shifts that I've been trying to make for several years and I've not, I've in no means mastered it yet. But it's a process. Yeah. It's a, it's a long <laughs> process. Um, but it's, it's one that I try to open myself up to. And, and, um, I think there is a lot that has come to me because of my allowing to like allowing myself to be open. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know like where my train of thought was going well, with like that, what? but it's like, like what, what do you think has, because, because of your willingness, cause it's, it's a willingness. Yeah. It's not like a skill, right? It's just a willingness, your willingness to be vulnerable. What is like, what's something that has opened up in your life because of it? Well, I think I've, so I've had this willingness in a, in a couple of areas of my life. Um, not only with, uh, just like being open about injuries, being open about struggles. Um, we tend to present this one image of our lives on social media. That's very, um, perfect. And it's nobody lives that way. And, but we think people do. And then it, uh, I don't know, it kind of spirals out of control, but, um, I've, tried anyway to, to share more of my story, try to share some of the struggles along with the triumphs. And, um, a lot of that also stems from, I've talked about this in the past too, but a lot of it stems from like shutting down just who I was for so long. Um, and then it wasn't until I was 21 years old that I came out to my family. Um, I came out to the people around me and like that, even that in itself at the time was like a huge moment for me. And, but since then still, it's been this long process and it's like, I feel like there's kind of these phases that you go through. Maybe not everyone does, but that I've found myself going through where it's like, it doesn't all happen at once. And it's, um, you know, I came out when I was 21 and then, uh, when I was 25, like there was another barrier that I broke through and then 
like now I'm 30 and like, I don't know. And that's been another thing that I think being vulnerable, um, has kind of, has kind of gifted me is like the connections that I've made with so many people from sharing that story on social media. And I just get so many messages from people that are either looking for advice or, um, like parents of young people who are starting to come out or, or parents that are like, uh, dealing with stuff themselves that they're afraid to share with people. And, um, for some reason they've chosen me and, and it's like, that's a really powerful thing, um, to have somebody like open up to you when you don't know them from, you know, a hole in the wall and, and just for them to reach out on social media and share their story. It's, it's really empowering, um, on, on both sides, I think, cause it gives me like a deeper purpose and it gives me more of a reason to continue to want to, um, be open about who I am and, and what I've gone through and what I hope to achieve in the future in all these different areas of my life. But, um, it's been, I think that's been one of the biggest things that being vulnerable has allowed me. It's like these connections with people that, I think for a long time, I kind of, this might surprise you from like sitting down and having a one-on-one conversation with me, but I kind of was this, um, person that people thought of as like hard edges and, uh, like very intense. I get that word to describe me a lot intense. And it's like, I had teammates in college who for like two years, they just minimal conversations, not for any like different classes maybe. And it's just like, you don't have these super tight connections and then something forced a connection, whatever it was like we roomed together at a meet or we traveled together for what, and we happened to sit next together next to each other on the bus or on a plane or something. And it's like, and it forces this, this conversation and they're like, wow, you're a lot different than I thought you were. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) And I'm just, and they're like, well, we just thought of you as like this intense, like very serious, very like, I'm like, that's what you thought. I don't, it's just, and it's this weird thing and it's, but it's because I built up these walls for so long and then whatever it was that, that instigated me to, to knock one down for some, for whatever reason on that day. And then it's like, you allow someone in and then it changes their perception of you and it changes your perception of them and, of and it just, it changes. Right. And and it's like, everything is energy, right? We learned this from Einstein. And so the walls of energy that you must've had up around you for those 21 years, mm -hmm. you know, that people are going to feel that. Right. And so then they say, Oh, well, Matt's, Matt's, he's just like a super intense guy. Mm -hmm. And then now they create this persona and this label around you, which is putting more energy Mm -hmm. towards that. And, um, for you to, just bust through. I mean, cause you, you couldn't have just like, um, walked around that wall. You had right. to run straight into that wall and hope that you got to the other side yeah. unscathed. Yeah. Uh, so what, like, could you feel like just this, uh, for the lack of a better word, like untruth kind of building with you? Like, what am I, did you like, cause I know I've had moments where I've looked in the mirror, like, you know, 20 something years ago, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Who is this person that you're living? Like, I mean, I've had those moments. Did you have those moments? Oh yeah. I mean, I think, and and it was different in in different areas of my life. Um, there was there was one 
kind of persona that I had with my family. There was one that I had with friend, with close friends. There's one that I had with teammates. There's one that I had with like, oh, uh, other, of, like the running community. That's a and lot ju- of work. And it's, and it's, yeah. And, and it was, and, and that's, that is really what I started to realize was just like, how much energy am I draining just trying to keep up? And it wasn't like I was into, I wasn't trying to trick people. Like I was never. And then what if all those people got together in one room? You would have been screwed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, and it's, I don't know. It's hard to describe, but I, I did have a lot of those moments where I was just like, this is just not, I can't, this isn't sustainable. I can't live like this. I'm, I'm not happy. Like, what's the point? And and it was in some of those moments where I would just kind of have these mini breakdowns and it's like, but there was never, there was never the big moment until fi- like when I was, it was on my 21st birthday and I was just like, I'm going to burst. And it was, and it was all this like vault stuffing as you described <laughs> it. I like that phrase. It's like, I was stuffing the vault for so long. And then all of a sudden I was like, and the way that I actually thought about it, I don't remember if I, I wrote in a blog post a couple of years ago, I don't remember if I said this or not, but I thought about it as a gift to myself mm-hmm. at the time. I was like, this is the best birthday gift I can give my 21 year old self at the time. And it was on my birthday and I went over to my aunt's house and I just like burst, like bawling. And it was like, I couldn't get words out for a while. And then, but it was so, um, what's the word? Like it was so cathartic to just like let it out once. And then it was like, okay, this is what it feels like on the other side of those walls. Yeah. And you did it with like one, like somebody you trusted, Mm -hmm. somebody you had a strong relationship with. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but you got that taste of what I would consider freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it started there. And then slowly over years, I mean, it was years before I like told everybody, but um, slowly I expanded that circle and, and I broke down more walls and then tried to let people see me for how I saw me, like, like at my essence. Um, cause I felt like a lot of people didn't see me that way. And that was really unsettling to me mm-hmm. to, to feel like I was one person and then to feel like everybody else thought that I was someone else, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so Um, yeah. And it was a process and it's at times I feel like I'm still going through it and I'm still like not completely a master of it, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for any other way. Like it's because it's what's brought me to be who I am now. And I don't think it would be, and I don't know what it would be if, if, if it wasn't for all that stuff. Um, well, it sounds like you would have blown at some point. Like, it sounds like you were, you were ready to blow. So it had to, it had to happen. Yeah. It had to happen. So it would have probably, I mean, it happened. Timing is always so perfect and, and divine. And sometimes we don't need to know why. No, we don't need to know why. Yeah. You were in the moment acting in the moment. Yeah. And it just came to that feeling. And now you've got this momentum. You're just carrying this momentum Mm -hmm. forward and forward. And you don't have to carry like... You don't have to carry all that stuff with you, yeah. like all that hiding. And now if all those people were in the same room, do you feel like that wouldn't be such a big deal? Oh yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Now, Isn't that yeah. a great way to live? It is. It's right? so... Like we keep ourselves from our own freedom. Yeah. It's wild. And did you find that the majority of people, majority of people who were around you as you were kind of expanding the circle mm-hmm. were just like, yeah, we love you, man. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Most people, I think, um, I think there's always this fear of just not knowing 
what people are going to think. And, but I've been fortunate that for the most part, everyone around me has just been like, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Like sweet. And that's kind of it, you next? know, and yes. it just stays there. And that's, and that's what I hope for everyone. I know that that's not the case, mm-hmm. um, sadly yet. Um, and you know, I know that not everyone is as accepting and there's, a world of people that mostly hide behind keyboards on their computer, um, who like to say other things. And, um, there was a big, maybe not big, but there was some stuff floating around when I made some changes earlier this year in the training group that I was training with. Um, there was stuff floating around that it was maybe a new guy that I was dating that interfered and that didn't get along with my coach. I mean, there's just all these rumors fly, and I'm like, what the, like, where do people come up with this stuff? And it just, I would say it used to really bother me. Um, when I was in college and I would check message boards and like, you know, you look for what people are saying about you after a certain race, whether it went well or not. And just the things that people bring up were just ridiculous. Um, but at the end at the time it was really hurtful. And now it's like, come on. Right. Like I look at it now and thankfully I'm able to take a step back and be like, what, what is going on in this person's life that this is their response to how I'm living my life? Like, why does anybody exactly? Care? Do because know? their response has actually nothing to do with you. Right. And, and that's hard to accept that. Well, that's, and, com- and, and that's, it's really compassionate, Yeah, you know, to not take it personally mm-hmm. and, and really to understand it. Like, what do you mean? Like they're attacking me or they're saying, how does that have nothing to do with me? Mm-hmm. But it's their, what they're seeing in you that's unacceptable right. is actually unacceptable within them. Right. It's, and it's filtered <sighs> through their lens of Beliefs. who knows yes. what. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, and underneath it all is fear. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's, it's the fear, fear of not being good enough, fear of not being accepted, fear of not connecting, fear of living truth, right? Living your truth. And, and I think we've, everybody at this table here has experienced that to our own degree, to mm-hmm. our own, to our own unique story, because that is what makes us unique here on this earth is that, you know, you're Matt and I'm Jess and BJ and Harlow, and we're all having our unique journeys here. But what we found over the years of doing this um, this podcast is that the essence of like what it is that we're moving through is so very much exact mm-hmm. because we are all subject to this human condition. Mm-hmm. We're all subject to not feeling like we're good enough. We're all subject to like, if I open up, I'm going to be so weak. Right. But you actually, and you've seen it like now what used to bother you now doesn't. And that's strength. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's self-worth, that's self-belief. And, um, and making the changes that you've made, like, and mixing everything up and doing workouts that you're not doing and having this totally transformative year and performances that were not the greatest, but knowing that it's taking you to your greatest is amazing. And I think that that's, that's part of like this undercurrent that has kept me going through this year is like feeling, knowing that I have unfinished business, knowing that I'm making changes. I'm, I'm being proactive and trying to make myself better and trying to level up, um, and trying to, um, just get to this, like peel back these layers of who I am to get to like the core of my being. And then that, that is the mat that's capable of doing the things that I want to do. 
and I'm still peeling back these layers and I'm still finding these things and I'm like, oh, that, that's something that, you know, I want to change and that's something that I just need to let go of. And, um, once I get under all these layers, I think that that's when I'm going to really be able to like complete, well, maybe not complete the process, but like get to this level where I'm like, okay, now I can do the things that I'm supposed to do. Yes. Yes. Like that's the essence. That's because underneath all those layers is who you truly are Mm -hmm. and who you truly are is just limitless. Yeah. And so those folks that are attacking you, or I don't like to use that word, but like projecting or Mm -hmm. those people who are in pain and they're suffering, they're putting more layers on. Yeah. They're still putting more layers on. It's like, ah, it's like a train wreck. I see it all the time. I'm like, ah, (laughs) but I can't, I can't be concerned with that. All I know is that they're exactly where they need to be because eventually those layers are going to get so heavy that they're going to blow. Yeah. And, and, um, and you know, I blew and now oh, I'm peeling off those layers mm-hmm. and it's like so much lighter. I feel like yeah. I'm capable of so much more. Yeah. Everything we have, I was just going to say that everything we have is inside us already. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're doing the workouts. Yeah. You're reading the books and all that, but everything you have, and we talk to this with our athletes a lot, like everything you have is inside. Mm-hmm. So to a point, stop, Stop looking for all the quick fixes that are out right. there, right? All these things that cause confusion. Social media is such a big one. Yeah. But peeling back those layers brings out your true self. And, and, and if you keep going in, everything you have is there. The mm-hmm. speed you have is there. The, the sub 210 marathon is already there. It's already there. You've already done it. And it's mm-hmm. way sub 210, by the way. Yeah. It's, I love that you just <laughs> said that because Ryan tells me that all the time. Exactly what you, like almost verbatim what you just said, he tells me all the time. He's like, we've already done it. It's just, we just have to go on that day and like do execute. it again and just Ex- execute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes. it's like, and that was a mind shift for me because that's all along. I've been just in, in this specific example, I've been thinking like, my goal is 210. My goal is 210. Can I do it? I don't know. Am I a 212 guy? Maybe. I don't, you know, and it's like all these thoughts swirling through my head. And when I started working with him, he's like, we've already done it. He's like, it's, it's already been done. And now you just have to go on that day and execute it. Right. And, um, and that was a cool shift in my mind to try to make. And it's, and it's one that I'm still processing. And mm. I, in my last marathon last month, um, I ran to 12 again. Um, and so I didn't quite have the opportunity to do what I know that I'm capable of doing, but it's like, it didn't make me question whether it's there it's still like, okay, well now I've set up my next opportunity to try and execute it. And I'm, and it's like, I'm just moving focus to that. And and to strengthen the belief system that it's already done allows you to live now and not be in the lack of it. Mm -hmm. Cause if you're in the lack of it, if you're like, oh, it's coming, it's coming. You're you're always, it's, you're, you continue to push it further away mm-hmm. because you're in the lack of it. You don't have it. And if you don't have it now, you're going to continue to create from this belief that you don't have it. Right. But if you create from a belief that it's already done, then you're not in lack of it anymore. Mm-hmm. So this is something to further process. Yeah. It's like the more we focus on what we don't have or what we haven't achieved, we push the possibility of that so much further away than, um, like I was sitting, I was sitting in the hot tub one day at the pool and I was, I was the only one in there and I like to sit in the hot tub and I was in there for like a half an hour and for like a half an hour, I just sat there and said, 
as a, as a million, I love being a millionaire because I can fly my parents to California and I can put them up in an Airbnb and I can fly in first class because I know my dad gets nervous about being away from his doctors and that feels so good. And as a millionaire, I can go build tiny houses at farm sanctuaries so more <laughs> people can go and visit animals. And, you know, as a millionaire, I can own land and adopt all the dogs that I, and, and just getting into that feeling. So what does it feel like mm-hmm. to, to be that to be that person who has reached that sub 210, whatever it is, 201, 202, 203, whatever it is that you want, how does that feel? And then practice that feeling, allow that feeling in. And that feeling is like the opposite of unworthiness. It's the opposite of lack. It's you're preparing yourself for what you've already done and you'll, you're not in lack of it anymore. So you, it won't, it's going to be closer. It's going to be sooner. Yeah. And, and you don't have to go 212 to 211 to 210 to like, you might go 212 to, you know, 205. Like yeah. it's, anything is possible. I feel like it's going to be a big jump. It's going to be yeah. a huge yeah. jump. It's going to yeah. be amazing. So what does it feel like? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. What, no, yeah. what does that feel no, like? It's, it's, yeah, it's, that's where I'm finding myself right now. And that's, I'm still, cause that was a new mindset for, for Ryan to, that's so cool. Yeah. To bring to my Go attention and to bring to me. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> um, and he's, he ran 204 when he was competing. So like he knows, he knows, he knows um, what it feels like. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was the approach that he had with his own running. And that's what he's instilling in me now. And I have not perfected it. I'm like, I'm still, it's like a work in progress. Um, and I'm trying to figure out how to, how to let that happen, how to make that happen. Um, but it's, I feel like I am getting so close to being the person that can do the things that I want to do. And if I, my thought, my thinking is if I, if I just keep focusing on being the person that needs that, that is like the way that I would need to be to do the things that I want to do, um, then I can just let it come. Exactly. I can just let it come yeah. to me. Exactly. And so that's, that's where I am now. And it's, and it's this like process of, and it's, yeah, that's I don't know. It's a level. process. It's super it's a high level because process. you don't have attachment. You're not attaching to every single thing that you're doing is yeah. going to lead you there. You're in the process. Yeah. Attaching to that whatever it is, is going to cause a lot of suffering, mm-hmm. right? A lot of like wishing for wishing. Or I still didn't do it. Yeah. Right. Still a lot of disappointment. A lot of yes. disappointment. So you're and that's not, of... that's not how that guy feels. Right. That guy is super fulfilled. Yeah. He's like, what's next? Yeah. <laughs> Bring yeah. it on. What's next? Uh, so what is next? What is next? Um, oh gosh. Uh, I'll be running another marathon um, in a couple months. So just trying to get my legs back under me, trying to recover from the last one. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I have some exciting opportunities. I'm, I can't really say much about yet, but, uh, there's some exciting stuff in the works. So it's so cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun, fun process to navigate and stressful at times, but, um, I'm just kind of focusing on being like present with myself and, and controlling what I can control. And, just having the confidence that other things are going to come together as they're supposed to in, in their own time. And that's kind of where I'm, where I'm settling right now. Mm-hmm. Are the, um, letting myself be right now. Are the Olympics part of the oh, hopefully. goal? Yeah. yeah, hopefully. Um, so 2020 yeah. and yeah. Tokyo. So the, the, the 2020 trials, um, 
in Atlanta are at the end of February um, in uh, in 2020. So uh, that's that's kind of one of the next big goals. Of course, I have some steps I'd like to some things I'd like to do along mm-hmm. the route to that. Um, but then, yeah, if you know, if all things go the way that I think they can, um, then hopefully I'll find myself in Tokyo as well. So for people who don't know how the Olympic trials works, how does that work? So basically, um, in, in the couple years leading up to the Olympic trials, there's a qualifying window and you have to run, to be honest, I don't know exactly what the time is. Um, it's either, I think it's either 218 or 219. You have to run under that to get into the trials and then on the day of the Olympic trials, which is February 29th of 2020, um, you have to be top three that day um, in that race. So it doesn't matter. You could you could have run 204 going into the race. And if you don't finish in the top three on that day, you don't make the team. So that's kind of the way the U.S. does it um, for their qualifying system. And um, I'd say most of the time it, it sends our, our best team to the Olympics. So... Um, that's the goal is I've, I've qualified for the trials. So now have a few more things I'd like to do along the way. And then in February of next year, I'm just aiming for, uh, one of those Olympic spots. So February, 2020 Correct. is going to be the Atlanta marathon. Yes. Okay. Yep. It's, it's, uh, the, they, they create a new course. Um, it's not in conjunction. Sometimes it's in conjunction, conjunction with another big marathon, uh, in 2020, it's not. It's just going to be held in Atlanta on a new course that they developed just for the trials. Um, and then, yeah, the top three people, men and women, the top three that finish that day will go and represent you at the U.S. in in Tokyo. You mean you later. and two other people? That's yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> and Gwen, that's how that's how I'm that's how I'm living it. In yes, my mind. yes, damn straight yeah. you and are. That's how I'm living it for the next year. So. And- so I have a question for you because I've been really practicing this same, very much the same thing, um, not to go to the 2020 Olympics, but my own Olympics in my own life. Um, and I have found that I'll get this, this it, it tries to sneak its way in, like this resistance of, um, you know, what, what, what is it again that you're practicing? Like what, who, who is it that you're practicing feeling? Like you're feeling like that person at the end of the finish line of whatever this epic thing that you're going to do. And I found like, that's where my unworthiness will show up. Mm-hmm. And then, so I just say like, cool, thank you. I see you. I see you trying to protect me, but I'm okay. Like, and so that's kind of my technique is I, I really just, I just, I lovingly dismiss those egoic thoughts Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, that want me to go into the darkness. And then I come back and whatever that is that I need to focus on to, to be into that feeling. But have you experienced that too? I have. Yeah, I did. I did a lot of visualization before CIM, um, where every single day when I was running, um, what's CIM? Oh, sorry. California international marathon. So that's the marathon that I ran in December, uh, just a couple weeks ago. Um, and I would run this bike path right by the house quite a lot. And every single day when I was finishing my run, I'd be visualizing what it would be like to win, what it'd be like to run the time I want to run and how it's going to feel and all these things that we're talking about. And I did have some moments where it would, those were the times when it would creep in that I wasn't good enough. And it was like, it was this weird, like counterintuitive thought process. Cause I'm like, no, I'm thinking about how good it's going to feel when I do it. 
But then I think like we were just talking about, it it almost brought on the realization that I haven't done it. And so those were kind of like you were just saying, those were the moments that it would kind of, this, this doubt would creep in. Well, what if I can't? What is that going to feel like? And so, and I still, like that's something I'm still working on. And that's something that I still um, have to acknowledge and have to accept that that's, that's still here right now. Oh, it's, and it's, it's all, as long mm-hmm. as you're in a body, my friend, yeah, yeah. it's always going to be there. Yeah. And I think it's, <laughs> I, I think it's hard to, um, and, and who knows if we're supposed to like push that away or just, it's, this is like still what I'm trying to figure out. Is well, like, if we push it away, we're resisting it and right. what we resist will persist. Right. Right. Yeah. If we stuff it in the vault, it's going to fester. Yeah. It's not going to heal. Yeah, so I guess what I'm, I guess I'm trying to figure out like how to, it's how to like live with butt. it, but yeah. also mm-hmm. not live with it. Do you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah, but not. Like, I yeah. don't want to resist it, but I want to. You don't want to live from it, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's still this. That's like where I'm finding myself right now. And all those answers are inside of you. So yeah. keep, keep like, you know, keep putting ma- yourself in those positions. Yeah, too. and keep being present. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that's just stopping and taking a breath because the breath is always happening right yeah. now. Like that's your instantaneous anchor to presence. Mm-hmm. And when we're present, we are tapped into that part of us that's underneath all those layers. Yeah. And so it's, it's constant. And, um, the challenge, the, the challenges get bigger, like, cause you're really what I would consider. You're really doing the true mental training mm-hmm. at this point. Like this is real mental restructuring yeah. and literally like reorganizing of your DNA and, uh, and neural pathways in your brain. This is, this is high, high level stuff. And so the challenges are still going to happen, but you're going to get more skillful at it right? and figuring it out. Like you're like, I'm still figuring this out. Like you're still going to be figuring it out, but you're going to continue to kind of get like another train station up mm-hmm. and another train station up, yeah. you know? And then at some point you'll see it. And like our yoga teacher, he, he'll say, like, he just recognizes, he goes, oh, you lovely little bastard. Like, <laughs> I see you. I see what you're trying to do because you really do. You, if you get mad at it, it's the same energy. Right. So you want to, you want to just kind of love it and, and, and hold it and because it's just it's like it's like a little baby like it just it needs to feel like it's still close to you mm-hmm. but you don't have to live from it right so it really it's a finesse like that's yeah. what my mm-hmm. our meditation teacher would say that he's like you're just finding your finesse mm-hmm. like you're getting that finesse and that finesse is there's no hard lines with that everything is it's always very fluid it's always very fluid and then and another thing that's oh that's always fluid is truth the truth is always fluid like we never have to hide from it that's why you can be in the room with all those people now yeah because you're in the truth. And so, um, and so that's the same thing. Like it will, it, you'll just stay fluid with it and you'll notice it and it will, some days will have more of an effect on you and some Mm -hmm. days it won't. And, but you know that it's just, it's just that shadow self. That's all it is. It's just that shadow self showing up and that shadow self is always in fear. So it wants to protect you. It thinks it's protecting you. Mm But it's like, I'm good. Yeah. Like, I got this. Yeah. No, I'm good. I can take it from here. Yeah, I, I can, can take it from yeah. here. And um, there's, a, there's a great book called uh, Big Magic. Big Magic? Who wrote, who wrote that? Um, the woman who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. She wrote this book called okay. Big Magic. Elizabeth Gilbert. Elizabeth Gilbert. And she's talking about writing in it, but you listen to it mm-hmm. as, a, as like a quote unquote non-writer, even though you're a great <laughs> writer. Anyway. And there's so many things to take away in it. And she talks about fear and, you know, fear being really the base of those kinds of voices. Mm-hmm. And she says like, you know, I just look at fear and I say, 
okay, fear, like we're going for a ride and this ride is life. And, you know, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but she's like, come on in. Like, I see you. Mm-hmm. You get in the car. You're getting in the back seat, right? You're getting in the back seat. You cannot touch the radio and you will never get the keys. Yeah. But you can come. Yeah. I see you. And it's just, it's kind of, it's redeveloping that relationship with it because it's not going to go away. It's like stress. It's stressors in our life are going to continue to be there. It's our relationship to what's Mm -hmm. happening where we have the control to change. And that's the same thing about that voice in our head. I can't wait to look at your bookshelf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some good stuff in there. I bet there is some yeah. good stuff in there. Um, all right, let's yeah, uh, let's wrap this, wrap up. this up. This do is you, amazing. Do you have a mindfulness practice? Do you have a time that you... Not a set not practice that mm-hmm. I'm doing right now. No, I was using Headspace for a little while, an app on... Yeah, yeah on cool. Phone. Awesome. Um, and I was just trying... I struggled with it at first, to be honest, like just finding a time to... to like focus in on what I was trying to do in that moment and not think about what I have to get from the grocery store and what I have to do later and taking Harlow for a run and doing this and (laughs) like I would struggle. Welcome to the club. Yeah. And and that, and that was really hard. And so it's something that I'm still working on, but I, I, at this time I don't have a set practice with it. Is running, do you feel running brings a little bit of calmness? It does. Clarity. Yeah, Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I guess if I, if I did, have a set time it would be my runs yeah. like and in the past for the past three weeks i've had some people staying at my house so i've been running mostly with other people um and i find that a lot of times when i'm doing that i'm not as mindful because i'm not with my own thoughts i'm with the conversation i'm with you know whatever we're yeah you know we have going on and, and yeah i'm not i'm, yeah. I'm engaged with uh, in the relationships with the people that mm-hmm. I'm with, and I'm not as engaged with my relationship with myself um, in those moments. But um, but I also do really value my alone time, um, mm-hmm. and right. I do yeah. And and we, I think we talked about this way when we started the conversation. But um, I really value that time, and and so uh, those are the moments where, even though it's not like a dedicated practice mm-hmm. of meditation, those are the moments where I'm trying to like foster this kindness to myself um and like yeah just just keeping continuing to work on like the self that I want to be and those are kind of I guess like again even though it's not like a specific dedicated practice like those are kind of the times where I'm where I feel like I'm closest to that if that makes sense yeah absolutely and you know I've I've tried to really make mindfulness my life. And so what I found when I'm with groups of people, because I I run a lot on the trails with a a group, and what I find is when I'm in that conversation, I'll, I'll find myself, like, it's like I'm in the conversation, but I'm not in the feeling, right? So I'll... I'll start to like feel into what's under the words and I'll feel the connection Mm -hmm. that I have with those other people. So it's like, I'm having the conversation. Nobody knows I'm doing it. I'm having the conversation and I'm feeling like my appreciation for that person next to me and for uh, my, the connection that, you know, that I get to run with these people Mm -hmm. and just feeling the connection that you get in a group. So you can still kind of take that mindfulness, by just having like a little dive under the surface and get into like, how does it feel to be connecting with these guys right now yeah. on this run and how fu- like we're in joy, like we're having a good conversation and, and getting into that, those states of being. So yeah. I think you can, you can really find mindfulness anywhere. 
anywhere in your life. Um, Especially in Flagstaff, which maybe you guys don't have as much of a sense of that yet. Just like with the, this immense like beauty that we have here, it's so easy to find mindfulness wherever you go here. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's one of the things I love about it so much. It's yeah, it's, it's a beautiful, it's beautiful, like environmentally. And then I know that just from what I know of it, there's a beautiful, like strong community here Mm -hmm. as well. And I think there's a strong yoga community here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're going to get, you're living in that energy. And then, you know what? I wanted to close it off with one, one question on flow. We had talked about Mm -hmm. this, like, have you felt, um, well, I guess my first question is like, to you, like we hear about the flow state, right? Mm-hmm. Like, ah, oh, flow state, whatever. Um, have you, fe- do you feel like you've experienced that? I do. Yes. And what, it, what is that? For me in, I've, I have noticed it most in a running context. Um, and it's a couple of moments stand out where it's like, I'm in a workout or I'm in a race and it's just as like, everything is effortless. I feel like I'm floating. It's just like, it is just one of those times when it feels like all the pieces came together that day. And it's just like, it's all working. It's all, everything is the way it's supposed to be at that time. And it's all, I don't know the, the word that what that always comes to my mind is effortless, but it just like, it just flows. It just is. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's what, that's when I've felt it. Um, and there've been a couple of races where I felt it one that really stands out and then a handful of workouts and those are the times that I feel it the most. And so it's maybe I've had it also in other areas of my life, but not that I've like had a conscious awareness of, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, I'm sure that it has happened, mm-hmm. but it's like, I haven't realized it at the time. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, the running context just stands out to me the most. Cause those are like, we think about running a lot of times as like this grind and, and, um, how hard it is and the things we're working towards and all this, this process, this journey and the times where I've really felt, um, and acknowledged the flow are like the times where all of that has fallen away. It's just like a, it's just like a, it's like a deep breath of fresh air. And it's just like this sigh in a good way. And it's like, oh man, that was good. Like that was really good. And it just, it's just this feeling that kind of washes over you and it, and yeah. And it still can be, I don't know. It still can be hard, but it's, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. How would you go about like bringing more flow into your life? How do you think? Cause I know you probably want that, right? Yeah. Like I would think we would all want that. Yeah. Cause we got a question about that. We addressed it on the podcast that we did on, that we launched on Monday, but I want to ask you that. Like, um, we had an athlete who's totally legit athlete and she, um, she wants, she wants more flow. Yeah. I wish I knew. I mean, (laughs) what do you think the essence of the flow is? Well, so I think, I mean, I think that's part of what I'm, part of what I'm working towards and what I've been working towards for the last, you know, I talked about all these things that I've gone through in the last year and these pieces that I've been peeling back and these layers have been unfolding. And it's, I think that's part of how I'm going to find more flow. I think getting to my own essence is going to lead me to the essence of these things that I'm trying to achieve and these pursuits that I'm taking on. Um, and I don't think that without finding that within myself, I don't think that it's, that it's going to come very easily from anywhere else. And so that's kind of what I'm focusing on now as, as my own way of trying to 
find those moments more often. Um, but also just acknowledging too, that it's, it's like part of life that maybe they just like, we just have to let them come for like when they do and, and appreciate it when it does happen, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And like not try and force something. Yeah. You can't force fall. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think you've got it. And I think that was amazing advice. Um, everybody who's listening is just keep peeling back, keep allowing those late. Cause you don't have to peel them back. Right. They will peel back on their own. And some of them it's like, oh man, it's like peeling back like a really fresh wound where there's still like stuff stuck to this. You're like, oh, I thought I didn't think I got that part of the wound on the sticky part, but it is. And it's yeah. like ripping off and you're kind of cringing. But if you can just allow that to happen, mm-hmm. you will have more flow in your yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> Was there anything else you guys came up with that as a way of like trying to find more flow? Well, or it's like that was kind of the biggest. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think what you're describing, one word for what you're describing to me is presence. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about um, like a donut. Okay. Love donuts. Okay. I do too. (laughs) We have like a whole new, I think our listeners know about my donut situation at this point. But if you think about a donut, right? And the ring of the donut is, um, it's like, it's the ego. So it's all those, it's the thoughts, it's the hard work, it's the goals. It's not that the goals are ego, but it's all those things that kind of make things tough. Mm -hmm. Right. And then in the center of the donut, like the donut hole is you. Right. And then everything around the donut is the totality of all that is. So when we focus all of our awareness, not on the donut, but in that donut hole, like on us, on presence, that donut falls away and we are now welcomed into Mm -hmm. the totality of all things, which is exactly what you were talking about when everything is like, like the trail or the road and the trees and you hear birds that feel like they're so far off. How am I even hearing them? And you, it's like you're, you're welcomed in to this higher level of experiencing in life. And so does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Right? Like the donut kind of falls away. Yeah. And those are all the thoughts and the busyness and the chatter and the, this is hard and my leg hurts and oh God, is that going to be an injury? And all that stuff that falls away the doing falls away Mm -hmm. and then you just become a part of the activity fully. Love it. Yeah. All right. I think that's good. How do people, how do people follow you? Because we want to know about all this. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. And Carlo. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all those things. And I have a website too, mattyano.com that I, don't update nearly as much as I should, but, uh, the social media channels, you can find, you can find me on any of those. And I share a lot of different aspects of myself on those channels. So I think that's probably the best way. And what about Harlow? Harlow's on Instagram too. Um, <laughs> and you'd probably be easiest to just find her through mine, but, uh, she has her own account, Harlow up high. Uh, oh, I awesome. love it. Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. This Thanks, is an amazing Matt. conversation. Yeah, thank you guys. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let us know what you thought of the show. We love you guys. We love our guests. We love this entire community and the collective movement to create a better world. And just like Matt talks about in this conversation, there is a light within us 
but it's covered up in our layers. Keep allowing your layers to peel off and watch your most amazing life be revealed. And it sounds nice and easy, but I'm sorry to say it's not. It takes bravery and courage, but all of that is already inside of you. Everything you need is already inside. So what is it that you dream of? What is it that keeps knocking at your door of hope? Open it up, welcome it in, and be free of the limits that no longer apply when we live in the light.